This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 348 for the week of November 24th, 2013. Welcome to Kanzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite, Kanzen Shu. That's right, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit, oh, the entertaining. It That's is how good we do. to be back. We got Mary over there. How you doing? Hiya, hi. All good? I am caffeinated, my friend. I am as well. We got Mary over there, highly caffeinated. We got Mike Vegito EX right here, also highly caffeinated. And what's that? It's a Christmas miracle. Who else is here with us? It's me. It's the Jake Meister. What's up, Who's Herms, that sir? Pokemon? It's Herms. <laughs> Wild, Wild Herms appears. <laughs> How you doing, man? All right. <laughs> Just not very enthusiastic there. Back from Jupiter for the time being. <laughs> Member of the Galactic Patrol. Have yeah. you successfully uh, protected our planet from harm? Uh, mostly. Okay. Good to hear. Uh, I am glad to be back into the swing of things. Got a good group. Got a good topic. Believe it or not, folks, we are recording Saturday, November 23rd, exactly five years ago. Those of us internationally were able to, via a very wonderful, comprehensive streaming initiative, watch the Jump Super Animator special for Dragon Ball the 2008 special streaming in various languages subtitled. It's been five I can't believe years. it. I cannot so, believe it. It feels so long ago, but so fast. I because know. when I think about five years ago, we were still, you know, we were in our apartment back then. We weren't where we're living right now. Yeah, I know. So I equate to things that we watched with where we lived at the time. So, of course, <laughs> that feels like forever ago. I know, I know. And Jake, you were you were in Japan when the Jason hat came out, right? Yes, and I rather spectacularly failed to watch it in theaters <laughs> because, um, like, the setup they had was that you had to get this issue of Jump, I think it was, and mail in a postcard from that. Right, it was a lottery to get in, something like that. Wow. Yeah. And because of, like, the timing of when I actually went to Japan to study abroad, like, I wasn't in Japan when that issue of Jump came out, but I was when the movie came out, so I was kind of screwed. Right. And did you try to sneak in like, oh, I am hapless Gaijin. Please let yeah. me in. Uh, they didn't buy it. So. Oh, it's a shame. Oh, well. Yeah. Fortunately, they streamed it online. So <laughs> right. I had to watch it. Same as everyone else that way. Right. It was a little bit later. Uh, was it September when it started? Uh, yeah, it was September 21st that it first debuted. We all checked it out in November. So uh, in light of it being the fifth anniversary of this special, our topic this week, I've been looking forward to this for a while, is, well, let's talk about it again. It's been five years. The uh, does it hold up kind of main topic there along with what do we think of it now having rewatched it in light of Battle O Gods. So we'll be diving into that shortly uh before we get to not so much news even though we haven't had a show in a while jake i just want to uh, kind of catch up with you a little bit you've been traveling picking up all sorts of things uh a worldly galactic traveler picked up what the taiwanese dragon ball online guidebook yeah. get all sorts of stuff i was actually in taiwan for a month a while back and so while i was there i went to this bookstore because i wanted to get some dragon ball manga in chinese hmm. and they just so happened to have have the uh, Taiwanese guide to Dragon Ball Online there. Hmm. And I didn't even really know this book existed before I saw it there. So I'm like, oh, I have to get this. No, of course. Right. Now, Dragon Ball Online was Korean original. So what do you know about, is there a Korean equivalent of this book and how much has changed? What have you been able to kind of find out just digging around? Well, I'm still not too big into Dragon Ball Online because right, I'm kind of right. like the rest of everyone. I'm stymied by the fact that I don't know Korean and don't live mm -hmm. in Korea. But right. I, I, someone said, I think it was on Twitter, that there was a Korean equivalent of this book and that was available on Amazon. Oh, all right. So maybe that's something we can all check out at some point. Yeah, I haven't really looked into what differences there might be between the Korean and uh, Taiwanese version, but I'm interested too because I think I mentioned this. 
the backstory um, in the Taiwanese version seems to be different than what we've heard elsewhere in right. certain ways. And I guess I should mention in passing that, you know, I've been studying Chinese for a while now. So, uh, yeah, so I can actually read this book. I should probably mention that. <laughs> right. It's not like me when I buy all the Japanese stuff and say, oh, this is great. Julian, what does this say? So I just need to start learning Korean and then I'll have mm-hmm. the whole set. Great. <laughs> You'll be our, our all-purpose translation member. That's great. Well, that's cool. You, you pick up anything else in your worldly travels or was that the most exciting one? Probably, I don't know, a bunch of weird, random things in Taiwan. Let's see. Well, I got Yu Yu Hakusho in Chinese too. I got um, this incredibly depressing children's book. Yeah. Which is about how there's this kid who's alone and everyone else in the entire world is dead. Oh, wow. And he goes around like, look, he goes into the stars and the stars are really rotted weeds or something. It's really depressing. And in the end, he goes back to Earth and he's alone and he cries. And that's the end of the story. (laughs) (laughs) So uplifting. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I guess they do things differently over there when it comes to children's stories. Wow. Okay. Holy crap. <laughs> Their children are probably all scarred. Yeah. The pictures are beautiful, and that's why I picked it up. Oh, well, great. Pretty drawings. Okay. I got a Romance of the Three Kingdoms card game. All right. Well, that's slightly more uplifting. War, you know, that's fun. And I've determined that uh, One Piece basically owns the entire state of Taiwan. <laughs> I'm not surprised. walk for more than five feet in Taiwan without seeing what, some sort of One Piece merchandise somewhere. That's great. Or just people wearing one-piece shirts or just, uh, it's crazy. Well, that's fun. I'm glad you had a good time, at least, collecting and seeing. All right, so those are the galactic travels of the Hermsmeister there. <laughs> um, so like I've been saying, we uh, haven't done a, a show in a few weeks here, so it would be an incredibly daunting task to try and catch up on news, and I really want to jump into the topic. So I assume if you're listening to the show here, go Check out the website if you haven't been already. I mean, we have so much news there. There's a lot of video game news right now. We, of course, have Battle of Z coming out in January. We have J-Stars Victory Versus coming out in March. That's exclusively in Japan, but we're keeping on top of that. There's the Funimation Blu-ray stuff we sent over. You guys sent in so many questions. We sent along a bunch of questions. Funimation will have responses for us in the very near future. Uh, We're keeping up with V-Jump and Psycho Jump every month. Uh, This latest issue of V-Jump has a roundtable discussion with a bunch of big names, including Daisuke Nishio, of all people. Wasn't really expecting that. He's kind of been in the news a lot lately, traveling to Spain, doing some interviews there. So Julian's got his work cut out for him. Uh, we have a lot of stuff coming to the site soon. A lot of new translations coming. I just finished putting some things together that Julian's been working on. It's like V-Jump comes out and we're catching up on last month's V-Jump material. So look forward to a lot of that stuff. Please check out the website for all the news you know that, you know what to expect there. So I'm very excited. Let's talk about the Jump Super Anime Tour special. So, Jake, we were just talking. You were in Japan when this debuted. This was back in September 2008. What can you tell me about the Jump Super Anime Tour? This was a special one. It was for the 40th anniversary. Yes, so it was for the uh, 40th anniversary of um, Shonen Jump in Japan. And so to celebrate, they had this, uh, as they call it, a Super Anime Tour which went around the whole country and they had these short little specials for various Jump series. So besides uh, the Dragon Ball one, which we're talking about here, they had one for One Piece. They had one for, what is it, Letter B, which... Yeah, there's Letter B, Bleach, Gintama, Yukio, and Blue Dragon. And, uh... I don't think we've heard anything about Letter B since that. No, <laughs> that's true. It's not one I actively keep up on, but it's not like I've seen that name in the news recently. No, that's for sure. So anyway, so they had these uh, short little specials that they play in theaters. And so to get in, you had to buy this issue of Jump and send in a postcard. And then there was a lottery to determine who actually got tickets to go see it. And if you didn't get the tickets, you couldn't get in, as I verified. But fortunately for the rest of us schmucks, a couple weeks after the tour concluded they uh, showed these specials online at this special website you know i'm actually looking up the tour dates and locations now it looks like the last one was on november 23rd and mm. i think as that one wrapped up that's when they put at least dragon ball online not entirely sure about some of the other ones like the uh one piece i'm pretty sure one piece and dragon ball went up at the same time uh i don't know about bleach and some of these other ones but yeah that, that was I mean, just that alone the fact that they streamed it online okay but it was available 
what were there four subtitles available? Mm-hmm. There was definitely was English. Mighty impressive. There was Spanish. There was French. I don't know which other one there may have been. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is it's like, welcome to the 21st century. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. We're not used to Toei and Shueisha doing stuff like this. We're used to waiting years and years and years or simply not getting it legit at, at all. all. <laughs> right, right. And there's, there still has not been an English dub of this, has there? No, there has not been any international release of the Jump Super Anime Tour special. I guess we can mention that it did get a home release later on in Japan. And that was also a send away thing. You had to send in uh, another postcard thing. It was in various issues of various Jump publications. You had to pay for it. Uh, and, uh, you could get it. Heath was nice enough to get me a copy of that and the One Piece one. Right. And yeah. so that's that's how I we rewatched it last night is just on the DVD he sent me. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Julian was able it was i guess julian must have been in japan at the same time too because uh yeah he grabbed a few copies uh so that's how we have that but also uh if you ordered the limited edition of battle of gods this year well uh the jump super anime tour special was included as a bonus on that and that's been the only home release japan or otherwise and it's only in Japan so far. I really haven't dug into a lot of the other franchises to see if these Jump Super Animator specials for any other franchises ever get home releases. But from what I've seen, they typically don't. They kind of just get tossed out there and maybe they're included somewhere. And we've had similar other Dragon Ball things get similar other types of releases. Things like Episode of Bardock and Plan to Eradicate the Super Science. They're tied into video game releases, but then over in Japan it'll be included was the Psycho Jump issue had them as a bonus. So they're not standard home releases, which... Mary, let me get your your thoughts on that alone. There's these, especially for Dragon Ball, which is an older property, to get any new animation. That's what made this so special. We should be going bonkers. I think we were going bonkers. I I will pay $60, $70 for a home release of a 30-minute special, you know? Like, what is it that they don't apparently see any value in doing a traditional home release of it. I don't do know think? if maybe there's problems with Toei. Well, maybe. that's the thing, because these are Shueisha produced, yet Toei animates okay. them. So, so it's, it's, it's a weird production committee here. Hmm. Even with the uh, streaming, the English subtitles they had, they used Viz's translation as a basis. Right. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Like that was it the light of death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uncle Sapple. Exactly. That was uh, bizarre. So I guess there's, there's kind of no answer there. It's we all want to buy it. Why can't we buy it? And I know a lot of North American fans feel that way. Here we are five years and later. And I think they've missed the boat. I mean, On I this, definitely. I mean, I, Paddle of Gods is the hot shit now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, didn't they just come out with a um, like collected edition of the manga adaptation of this? Of the Jump Super Animator special? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that was a while ago that the okay. Animanga came out. Well, uh, I guess let's transfer over to that because we got the special. It came out. Well, I say came out, you know, it debuted theatrically and it got the sort of home release. It got two manga adaptations. The first one, Jake, maybe you can tell us a little bit. That was uh, the debut of Naho Oishi, wasn't it? I think so. And well, actually, uh, now she had first been doing the that thing in V Jump where it's the parody Genyu Squad. Oh, okay, okay. Where they're plugging new products. Was it like the own new own new special selection squad or something? Sure, sure. Okay, so she had been around, but in terms of a Dragon Ball specific, you know, branded as Dragon Ball, I guess we could say this was her debut. Yeah, like a proper non-parody thing. And so, yeah, this came out in two chapters. Uh, they kind of just arbitrarily split it down the middle. But then they also came out with an Animanga release as well. So, it had, like you said, it ended up with two different manga adaptations. Right. And I know the Oishi one is slightly different from the, uh, I guess you call it, theatrical presentation, whereas the Animanga is literally just screenshots with dialogue plopped on top so it's out there there are ways to absorb its story uh that stuff came in 2009 i mean this was the very end of 2008 so over the next year various parts of its story were out there uh tarble was incorporated into raging blast 2 on the xbox 360 and the playstation 3 is a playable character there uh but that's really been it in terms of the jump super anime tour specials uh, i guess influence on Mm. the larger franchise at least until Battle of Gods. And 
there it's kind of this toss away line. What was the line, Jake, where they're they're trying to find they need another sign and Yeah, yeah. They need a six pure hearted sign and Bulma tells Vegeta's like, Oh, don't you have that brother of yours who lives off on that planet? And he says, Well, he's too far away. Right. It's like, Well, you should have got and we did, we have no way to contact him. It's like, what, don't you have his cell phone number? Right. <laughs> so there's that toss away line there in Battle of Gods. At least it's acknowledged and then you get into the larger discussions about, well, does that mean this is canonical to this? And that's not really where we're going with this discussion. Uh, is there anything else, Jake, you can think of where the JSAT special has uh, kind of gotten its fingers into the rest of the franchise? Well, I don't know if this counts, but obviously with the uh, Chosen shoot guidebooks mm. they came out with, they cover the JSAT special. Right. I mean, they have a, br- a very brief summary of it in Chosen shoot 2. And then for Chosen shoot 4, the encyclopedia, they've got it. It's an updated version of Daizenshu 7, but they've added in like entries for Tarble and Abocado and even the techniques that they use and things like that. And I believe they also up, they included it in the time timeline that they have right and we've done an entire discussion <laughs> on the uh the timeline of where would battle of gods fit and maybe we need to do an updated version now that the uh the world exhibition what was the name of the exhibition was it toriyama the world i feel like they had that in 1990 and then again in 2013 i'm so confused every time they do anything special with toriyama and his artwork they pretty much call it some variation of toriyama the world <laughs> i can't keep track <laughs> whether it's the english word the world or the japanese word sekai, sekai. Or something, it's always yeah. something like that oh it's too confusing even for us who know about it all right so i guess let's take it over to the special itself jake you rewatched it mary you and i rewatched it we watched it with your mom <laughs> So real quick, let's talk about that, Um, because I love observing your mom when it comes to anything Dragon Ball these days. She seemed like she was laughing here and there, right? Right, right. And of course, she loves always a good uh, Piccolo or Vegeta appearance. Yep, yep. So... Those are two favorites. Maybe that's the extent of what we can talk about. Uh, So the way I want to frame this discussion is here it is five years later. Really two things is does it hold up and JSAC compared to with Battle of Gods? So Jake, I'll I'll start with you. Uh, Compared to your (laughs) extravaganza trying to watch it five years ago, uh, do you think the Jump Super Animator special holds up now five years later? I really think it does. And I was actually kind of surprised because I was honestly expecting it to seem a little disappointing in light of Battle of Gods. Mm. But I watched it and I just enjoyed it from beginning to end. I laughed a lot. Yeah. But it is very much uh, a kind of small, lightweight story. And I was actually surprised at how explicit they were about this. Like the narrator at the beginning, he says, this is a small story. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't tell you this story before because the opponent wasn't really that big of a deal. They're so (laughs) insignificant. Right, right. This is these are the villains of time for God. Yeah, they reprise that again. The closing narration too. It's like this is the pathetic story of sad enemies who appeared too late to leave an impression on anyone's memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that, which is great. Uh, Mary, how about you? Was uh, did you have a similar experience rewatching it? It was kind of weird coming off of um, Battle of Gods, mm-hmm. actually, because I was watching this special, you know, with that in the back of my mind, thinking how similar they were in some respects, mm-hmm. but also how nice and easy to digest this is because it's only a half hour special. Right. So it's a way to get your modern Dragon Ball jollies out without having to invest the time to actually watch a movie. Right. Um, sure. So it was it was hard to really separate it from my experience watching Battle of Gods so recently um, because I kept trying to compare. Yeah. Especially in terms of like uh, animation and and delivery and things like that. It was nice hearing the old background music. That was actually. Well, hold on to that. That's a big point I want to get to. Okay. Um, But it was definitely as fun as I remember it being. Is that the big thing that it was fun? Is that what you took away from it? Yeah, it was funny. Especially I loved how much focus they gave on the kids. Mm-hmm. about midway through it you know yeah. fighting the bad guys that was always good for a laugh especially with the messed up Gotenks right Jake you were saying that you were laughing out loud a, a bit during it was it just a fun and funny experience yeah it's almost like I want to call it the diet battle of gods <laughs> it's, yeah even battle of gods itself is fair, comparatively lightweight I think especially compared to what people are expecting but this in particular it's like a just a very a very small stakes, consequence-free story. It's like just a fun day. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. But and I'll, I think the main difference that sticks out to me is like Mary was saying, there's a lot more focus, 
the focus is on the kids rather than Goku. Battle of Gods, it's very traditional. It's Goku. He gets a power-up. He saves the day. Well, he doesn't really save the day, but he does more to save the day than anybody else. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in this, the whole joke is that Goku can't be bothered to fight these weaklings, and so he, they figure, he figures he might as well just have the kids take care of them. Yeah, tied in with that, I think one of my favorite lines during this special is when they're talking about Frieza, and Goku kind of just... This ponders for a second. It's like, you know, in retrospect, Frieza wasn't really that impressive of a villain. And it's just hysterical seeing how far we've come over the course of the series. Here we are post Boo fight that Goku can reflect and say, oh, Frieza, not that bad compared to some of the other stuff I've done. It does a great job, I think, putting really the entire series in perspective where these characters have come and it's not much to where they're heading at this point but uh you're all talking about this this diet this light version of battle of gods i think that's important because we're essentially talking about the same time frame here i mean there's only so much time between the defeat of majin buu and the 28th tenkaichi budokai that's where both the jsat special and battle of gods take place so there's only so much wiggle room for stories here yeah so i guess i should say um the this special it it's explicitly said to take place approximately two years after the battle with boo right the the narrator says that at the beginning i think videl mentions that too and then um uh this is approximately three years before battle of gods right which works and yet no one looks like they aged well i mean we can talk about that with Battle of Gods, perhaps more than mm-hmm. this. And I know someone else was bringing up Trunks recently because we've seen an approximate age of a Trunks via the Trunks TV special where he should be somewhat of that age. Yeah, we know what a 13 year old Trunks is supposed to <laughs> look like. what he looks like in Battle of Gods where he still looks like Trunks in the door. Very weird. Didn't in a Jocko, isn't there a line about uh, Jocko explains the science? They stay childlike for a really long time and then they grow more really quickly very rapidly yeah yeah so so that like to so they can catch people off guard i think he says i guess but then you have the thing where even by toriyama's own pen we've seen what trunks should look like at that age but whatever (laughs) all right so we've talked about how it's fun it was funny in our battle of gods review we kind of had two reviews we had julian theatrically and then the rest of us on a on a home release jake we haven't had you since then i kind of want to toss it over to you real briefly here can you kind of compare and contrast this is something we talked about the original draft maybe let's start here the original draft is credited to Toriyama with the actual scenario being written by Takao Koyama who we know from the vast majority of the DBZ movies if not all of them right I mean Koyama was let's say responsible for the JSAT special right yeah so that was one of the big things with Battle of Gods is that Koyama wasn't involved at all (laughs) yeah that was the big, like they had a Watanabe instead. Right. I believe the very early uh, advertisements for the JSAT special, they mentioned that it was based on an original idea from Toriyama. And then, like you said, the final credits um, in the opening, they list Toriyama both with the, this This gets kind of uh, complicated, but okay, in every Dragon Ball thing ever, Toriyama is listed as the Gensaku, the original author, basically. He's the guy literally means the original work and so that right. just means in this case that he did the manga he made dragon ball right yes. we got it but and that's how he's usually credited but for the jsat special in addition to his standard credit as the uh, original author they also say he came up with the original idea at the top it says like original idea toriyama and then below that is the script by koyama and so we don't know for sure exactly what toriyama contributed and what um Koyama rewrote, but it is very interesting to note that in, I think it's the 2006 guidebook, uh, Son Goku Densetsu, mm-hmm. which came out a couple years before the JSAT special. I know where you're going here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's an interview with uh, Toriyama and the anime character designer uh, Nakasuru, and uh, the interviewer says something like, oh, do you think you're, ha- you know, there's all these new fans out now of Dragon Ball, do you think you're do new specials? And Toriyama says like, well, if we did do new specials, 
I think that instead of extending the story even further into the future, we should rather try and take it back and set the story in between previous events. Hmm. Right. We'd say things like, well, this thing happened here. We didn't tell you this beforehand, but it did. And notably, this is exactly the setup for both the JSAT special and Battle of Gods. Right. And more JSAT where the the villain was so insignificant and Battle of Gods is rather significant in the grand scheme of the entire universe, I suppose, and multiple universes going on from there so uh i did where i wanted to go with this jake was uh between the two works the jsat special and uh battle of gods we were talking about the koyama take on goku versus the toriyama take on goku did you feel that here especially on a rewatch it's interesting i'd say that goku in Goku felt more or less like Toriyama would write him, I think. Okay. I mean, you have to place it. This is after the defeat of Boo, and they're in a period of peace, and they're so strong. So it's like, what does he really have to do? Antagonize Vegeta. Right. Yeah, that comedy, like their interaction, Goku and Vegeta's interactions did feel pretty Toriyama-ish to me. Just them being dicks to each other. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But I almost feel like we've never seen Goku go out of his way to, to that level to, to yeah. really piss off Vegeta intentionally. Right. And that was a different angle on things. And that a uh, closing joke they have where was it Goku eats Vegeta's sushi yeah. right. thinking like he's, Oh, you're not going to eat this. Are you? And then Vegeta's like, Oh, I was saving that to the very end because it's my favorite. Yeah. And like that joke, it's actually exactly the same thing happens at one point in Dr. Slump. So I think it's a good chance that part at least comes from Toriyama. So in terms of comparing and contrasting, Mary, I wanted to take it back to what you were hinting at earlier, and that's the musical score. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Jump Super Animator special, we had all reprisals of the Shinsuke Kikuchi score from Dragon Ball Z and a lot of pieces from the movies as well, versus Battle of Gods, which had an entirely new composer whose name I was blanking on for a while, but I believe it's Norihito Sumitomo. Um, Watching the JSAT special, for me, definitely... Having that score, it brings that smile to my face. It places me at that exact moment and that exact time. I feel like the point of the special is this grand gathering. Our friends have returned. And the musical score really contributed to that and giving me that wonderful feeling. Can you give me a little bit there of the score to this versus what you heard and felt in Battle of Gods? Because this was a familiar score definitely hit on all the right nostalgia notes i think the only thing that was a bit jarring is the fact that we're listening to old music from the 80s and 90s and modern animation so the two don't mesh as well as i would have liked but because i'm so familiar with the music like i'm willing to give it a pass because it's that music that brings a smile to my face and i've only seen battle of gods once um yeah and i know you've played this soundtrack i think maybe a couple times around the house but I can't say I really have a familiarity it's completely or forgettable to me. I'm not necessarily bought into the music at this point. So yeah. definitely had more investment in the soundtrack for the JSAD special. Huh. But I, I uh, for me, the biggest issue, and it's almost a non-issue, was just the fact that I'm listening to very dated music and recent animation. See, I didn't feel that way at all. I, I felt that because it was presented in stereo and everything looked and sounded great, I didn't get any of that contrast. It uh, felt like an old friend. Yeah. Jake, how did you feel about the two? I really enjoyed listening to the um, original music in contrast to the to Battle of Gods. And really, speaking of the music, I think the opening and closing themes were probably the one of the best parts of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. A, a newly animated version of Hedshala. And uh, unfortunately, the stream does not or did not contain the uh, Orange Hero ending by, was it Jeel KB? I'm not even entirely sure how to pronounce the name of the band. Uh, it's exclusively on the DVD there. But yeah, just a, a new version of Hedshala, at least in terms of animation. And then great retakes on classic frames and new looks of characters. It's uh, just a wonderfully sentimental feeling. Yeah, it's a shame that they didn't include Orange Hero on the stream because that is especially interesting. Just it's very nostalgic where if it goes through like I think from the Goku as a baby to the whole family in the Boo era. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of personally, I prefer the Orange Hero song to whatever the song. What was the song in Battle of Gods? The big insert song when 
during the final battle. The new song, the hero song mm-hmm. of hope, was it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a kind of apples and oranges because this is a clothing closing theme versus an insert song. But yeah, yeah, uh, right. But oh, overall, I preferred the music in the J set special. Yeah, I did too. We've been talking about animation a little bit. I do want to compare and contrast the JSAT special versus Battle of Gods. Uh, I, I felt that JSAT special was more colorful in ways. I mean, we had more golden hair. Maybe that's the one thing that's sticking out to me more than anything else. And uh, I saw a comment here on Facebook or Twitter, and we'll get to some of those comments in a bit. It really felt like a great mix, the JSAT special, of an older animation style without being so cleanly flat. Yeah, it wasn't overproduced. Uh, we didn't get any of that. It was just budget CG. enough. Yeah, it was just budget enough. What'd you think, Jake? I was kind of struck by how skinny everyone looked. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe that's yeah. Toriyama's latest influence on characters. Well, yeah, that's I don't the know. thing. Like, as he as Toriyama keeps drawing, all the characters look skinnier and skinnier. Yeah, they sure do. Which accumulates in Battle of Gods with Super Saiyan God, right? Right. Explicitly being skinnier. It's everything he wanted. It seems to be a recent obsession with Toriyama. Maybe he's trying to diet as he gets older. You know, I, I'm not entirely sure where else to go. It was a super fun rewatch for me. I don't think I had watched it in at it's been least. A long- Long time. Three years. Mary, I had watched it more recently than you. Jake, yeah. when was the last time you had seen this prior to this weekend? I Yeah, I watched it when it first uh, streamed, and then I watched it whenever I got the DVD. Right. And I think I watched it one other time, but I don't remember when. So it's been it's been at least two years since I've seen this. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, between Heath and I probably working on sections, I'm sure I had done something for something on the site that I had to watch it, but I don't remember when that was. So it had been a while. I guess let me just wrap things up here a little bit with Battle of Gods being the latest, newest hotness. Uh, Mary, I'll start with you. Do you think this is still a worthwhile contribution to the world of Dragon Ball animation? And is it a shame, or not a shame, does it really matter, that we don't have a proper home release for worldly fans to enjoy? Well, I will answer your second question first by simply okay. saying yes, I think it is a shame that, unless you're in the know, it people are missing out on this, and it's good fun. Whether or not it's a worthwhile contribution, I mean, it's worthwhile in the sense that we haven't had anything in so long well that's the thing i mean yes prior to this was it gt i mean beyond game openings which are a couple minutes i mean jake can you think of anything else that was significant i mean its whole point was hey everyone's back um yeah it was the first thing in about 11 years since the last episode of gt i mean kai wouldn't start for another year no. I, I mean, this. we lost our minds when this was yeah. announced. It, it was really significant. But to answer your question about whether yeah. or not it's a worthwhile contribution, um, yes and no. And the only reason why I say no is because the special itself, like Jake was saying, I mean, goes that's out of, of its story. way by saying this is a minor story. Yeah. I mean, it's just meant to be lighthearted and fun. So it's not like it's adding anything significant to the Dragon Ball universe other than Vegeta has a brother. Right. And that might be it. To be honest, yeah. from like a from a from a universe standpoint, I do wonder if for some people the fact that it's not significant in that way might be a bonus because I know a lot of people they don't like the idea that now Goku's strongest form has pink hair and is skinny, yeah. or they they don't like the fact that this uh, talking cat guy is stronger than anybody else we've ever seen, uh-huh. or that there's eleven more universes. Like they don't they've gone for so long with having a fairly set idea about what the Dragon Ball universe consists of mm-hmm. that it's been hard for some people to they've kind of disliked Battle of Gods for that reason so this is almost like the unoffensive version of Battle of Gods it's all fun and you don't have to rewrite your power level list and I saw a lot of people dislike it for that reason too where it was too fun we've gotten to a point where everything needed to be serious which is strange to me because I mean the boo arc brought things back to the slapstick style and yeah it got serious again toward the end but it was still i mean as jake you and i have talked about so much toriyama kind of letting loose and having fun without too much oversight with his final editor there at the end of the series right but of course even in the even in the boo arc you've got the entire everyone in the entire world killed by boo and the earth exploding (laughs) right so it's it's got heavy stuff in that way Whereas even in Battle of Gods, nobody dies. No, ma- they were very. I think you mentioned this. They were explicitly trying to avoid any de- wide scale destruction or panic. Right, and that was in light of the tsunami and earthquake. That uh, well, I guess earthquake and tsunami in that order. That Toriyama really decided we gotta 
keep this on the lighter side of where it could have been based on the earliest drafts there. Um, so what we're going to do now, Mary, I know you actually have to run, so mm-hmm. we'll let you go. Jake and I are going to wrap things up with uh, some thoughts from various fans, and I actually have some thoughts from Julian and Heath. But Mary, thank you for oh, joining thank us you here. For, for letting me reminisce with you. Giving your thoughts on the Jump Super Animator special. Yes, it was very fun. Great. All right. Thanks. Well, see you soon. Peace folks. out. We'll Bye. see you in a bit. All right, Jake, before we hit up some uh, fan responses on Twitter, Facebook, and Google, uh, I did get some thoughts from Julian and Heath earlier today. They could not join us here on the show. Uh, Julian said, My main thought is that it feels like a warm-up for Battle of Gods, and Toriyama's influence is definitely felt, though not as clearly as in the 2013 movie. I think we hit up pretty much every part of that. I mean, we talked about the initial story idea. Um, Is there anything you can speak of, or speak to, rather, in the JSAT special that felt like it had that Toriyama touch? Nothing we haven't mentioned already. Right. Um, Actually, on the flip side, oh, there's, I wanted to mention something that I felt wasn't very Toriyama-ish, which, if if you want to go into that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which is that, well, I was actually struck by the fact that there's very little Super Saiyan um, in the movie, if you remember. Until the, I think until the end when Goku goes Super Saiyan to defeat Akka, they don't use it at all. Right, I mean, he shows it off to show off was oh, it yeah, too, too, right. too terrible, right. I think, to show off their power? And we got Gotenks doing his stuff, but he was in his normal state. Yeah. And-, and well, that's the thing is that in most of the previous Dragon Ball uh, Z movies, the formula was that they fight in their uh, regular forms for as long as possible and then only transform mm-hmm. into Super Saiyans when they're in a pinch. And this right. is... Kind of, this is in contrast to what they do in the manga, where they pretty much just always go Super Saiyan right from the start. Right. And then when you look at Battle of Gods, like even Goku, he doesn't screw around. He just goes straight <laughs> right. into Super Saiyan 3 right at the start. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so, like, that's the thing. Like, I feel that the fighting in the movie, it's kind of, it feels Toei-ish in that way. And that it's the characters for no kind of just putting things off. Like, they're just... I mean, it is, they are playing around, but I know it's weird. It's like, right. it's, it feels weird that they fuse into Gotenks instead of just becoming Super Zion and then fighting that way. Right. Know. It's a little nitpicky, but. That's a really curious choice too, because I mean, we're only talking about a 30 minute special here. So it's not like they have to pad for time to fight in their normal state before transforming into Super Saiyan. But I guess everything just felt so naturally paced that it wasn't too big a deal. All right. And then uh, Heath real quickly said, uh, for the record, it still holds up. <laughs> my book it's so enjoyable so not really deep thoughts from Hujio there but uh i think we all agreed on that right oh and uh, speaking of toriyama touches there's gray's entire character and character design mm, all right so what is there to note there well first off like the character design it's very similar to this sort of generic alien that keeps popping up in toriyama's works Mm-hmm. Like it's in a Nekomajin, there's this race of invading aliens yep, who look yep. pretty much the same. And then in Abale-chan, this um, a very brief Dr. Slump spinoff that he uh, spinoff one shot, they have that uh, aliens who also look pretty much the same as that. And I think there's a couple other instances, but Toriyama actually said in Chosenshu 1, he had to s- clarify that these were not all the same race of aliens. He's just being lazy. <laughs> all right. So at least we have an out of universe answer there. All right. So now that we got the entirety of Konzenshu staff thoughts, let's take it over. Uh, I asked you guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Google what your thoughts were five years later. Uh, Kiran says, I was waiting patiently for a domestic release dot 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 still waiting frowny face (laughs) So I think uh, that's everyone there. Uh, I'll read a couple more here. Mike Gozar says, uh, I still love the fun energy it brings to the late Z cast. Uh, And Ian says, yep, watched it a few months ago and still loved it just as much as I did back in 2008. Definitely one of my favorites. I think a lot of people here are speaking to uh, just that that fun, energetic feeling that it really brought here. Uh, We had Jacob respond here on Twitter. I love Tate Naoki's key animation. I would never expect Jacob to be talking about animation. Additionally, I love the overall feel of nostalgia generated by the music placement. I think uh, we talked a lot about that. Uh, Here's an interesting response. David says, I've read the Battle of Gods made it less significant. They both do similar things, but the essence of Dragon Ball was more apparent 
and that there was no real threat. Now, I'm a little confused here. Uh, Jake, what do you think about Battle of Gods making it less significant? Do you think David's just talking about just the, the threat of the villain there? I suppose. I mean, as we went into this, that the special, J-Set's special itself is very upfront about it not being a significant story. Right. But I, I guess now that we have Battle of Gods as being a very similar story that is also in many ways more significant, yeah. it has an, an actual powerful villain. It has a new powerful tra- power up for Goku, uh, various things like that. I guess it would seem even less significant in comparison now than it did at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we got Daniel here. I like the comedic tone of it and the lack of a big baddie that Goku needs to fight. However, Tarbul is a terrible character. You know, in our entire discussion here on the show, we didn't really talk about Tarbul as a character. Was he insignificant to the insignificant story? What do you think? He's kind of a one-off joke. It's just saying, well, here's Vegeta's brother who's weak and can't do anything, and that's all there is to him. Which I... <laughs> find hysterical because of all the characters you could have include as a playable character in the video game we get Tarvel who is not a fighter yet yeah, is the fighter I feel like if you're gonna toss Tarvel in there they should have included Akka or Avocado I don't know makes too much sense yeah it but does. he's a sign he's a sign and therefore eight times more significant than any other character <laughs> that's right all right so I took Twitter uh Jake why don't you take us over to our Facebook page and uh pick a couple choice comments here see okay Michael Singer says still enjoy it the most out of all the recent specials and even Battle of Gods super charming adorable funny and I love the material for all the characters in particular Goku and Vegeta love the animation uh Joe Joe says you guys know his name is Tarbal, right? <laughs> you know, that's in response to, I think, uh, someone writing it as T-A-B-L-E. Uh, Jake, why don't you give us just a little overview of how his name is written and why we, and sounds like the rest of Japan has chosen Tarbal as a an English spelling. Well, so obviously, uh, to go along with Vegeta, his name is a pun on vegetable, the second half. However, it's written with an extended uh vowel sound and which makes it different than the way uh, the english word vegetable is written in japanese and so this extended a sound is very often rendered in english as ar or er probably the biggest the most familiar example of this for dragon ball fans would be zarbon whose name in japanese is just za extended vowel sound b-o-n and so in english we commonly write pretty much universally write it as z-a-r-b-o-n right and also like the flip side there's a uh, frieza whose name is different from the thing he's a pun on because he does not have an extended a sound at the end of his name and so instead of freezer he's just freeze up and then just as a wonderful companion to that uh the pokemon articuno that we know in english is actually frieza in japan and that's freezer yeah so in that case it's exactly the same as the thing it's a pun on right if they were intending it to be a pun on a freezer but <laughs> right anyway so so that is why because that uh extended a sound in the middle of his name makes it different than the word his name is a pun on uh it makes sense for us to write his name in english in a way that's slightly different than how we just write the uh, second half of the word vegetable and then there's also the confusion of does that say table well no yeah but it's a little uh, tricky because Vegeta is the same way. He has an extended, he has a little extension mark in the middle of his right. name. Right, Vegeta. We, we n- very seldom do we, you see people write it out like V-E-G-E-E-T-A. No one bothers. Right. Because the in, in this case, it's there doesn't really make, for English speakers, it doesn't make a difference in pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. In contrast to uh, Tobble versus Tarble. And that goes into when you're adapting names. Do you go pronunciation first versus uh, getting the pun across versus making a natural sounding written kind of thing? It's, it's all an art form rather than a science. So, all right, what else we got over on Facebook? Uh, Jit Kaliba, uh, he says, I really enjoyed it. And while I think Tarble could have been used a little better, it was still a great return for the franchise. It probably pales in comparison to Battle of Gods a little bit, but it's hard to call because the humor in this was really good as well. Yeah, you know, both have their humor, but I think the emphasis in the Jace Hat special was humor versus Battle of Gods, where the emphasis was, uh, I mean, for a good half humor, but then it it was all out action at that point. Uh, James X. TDF says, still an enjoyable visit with the gang. I love that Tarble has his tail. I wish all the signs would grow their tails back. 
With Bulma's brains, she could come up with a shot that would help their keep their Ozaro form dormant by making them immune to the wet moon's special waves. Getting a little far afield there, but... <laughs> we get a little fanficky, but I like it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Fr- uh, Frank writes, I watched it a year and a half ago. Apart from the weird art style, I think it's really great. Now, what do you think he's talking about with the weird art style there? Is it the little bit golden, little bit skinnier? Yeah, and the colors, maybe. Yeah. Hard hmm. to say. I'm not sure. I think Dragon Ball's art style is always a little weird. It That's is. What I like about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Sony Sony Zaller says, still love it. Had great gags. Tarbell and his wife was so cute. Yeah, I think a lot of people love Grey and uh, wish we could get a little more out of her. She's just kind of there. Yeah, she's likewise kind of a one joke character. Right. She's like, oh, this is my wife. And that's it. And well, the joke there is that Vegeta's polite to her. And we kind of get a similar thing over in Battle of Gods where Vegeta kind of has to defer to the might that is Beerus. So, yeah. But in that case, I mean, he does that because he has to. But in uh, with Gray, he's just being nice. More yep. or less. Right. Stacy Rice says, since it was included as, as an extra with the Battle of Gods special edition, I did rewatch it recently. It still brought me the same sense of joy as it did five years ago. The character interactions are so much fun, like Goku and Vegeta's rivalry over food, and Bulma and Vegeta arguing over who's to blame for Trunks' personality. I hope Funimation can follow Toei's lead and release it together with Battle of Gods. Eventually, dot dot dot. Hopefully, dot dot dot. (laughs) You know, I think it is fun and interesting that Toei uh, included it with the limited edition of Battle of Gods. Uh, I'm sure that took a little bit of work because as we were talking about, it was a Shueisha original production that, of course, Toei worked on. Uh, Jake, do you think it's essential to see the JSAT special prior to seeing Battle of Gods or do you not really need to? I don't think so. I mean, there is that one reference to Tarble in Battle of Gods, but that's about it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of references in Battle of Gods to previous events, but mm-hmm. I mean, unless you want to say you have to see everything, every Dragon Ball related thing prior to that, then I don't think it's a big deal. Well, do you think it colors Battle of Gods in a slightly different redundant light because it's almost the same? I mean, we talked about, you even said yourself, the, the diet version of Battle of Gods that came first, where it's here we are between Boo and Budokai and here's a story and this is what happened and you just didn't see it before. Does it make it redundant in that light, but because it's a larger production than the JSAT special was, it kind of elevates it? I'm not even sure how to frame that. I think it would really just vary based on the person and what their preferences are. Yeah. Like you said, it could it could take away because it seems to be in a lot of ways the same thing but it could also help you appreciate it more because of the ways it is different and the ways it is bigger and better and i mean how much of dragon ball is just kind of the similar things happening again and again i mean (laughs) you want to take it to the sufrudians and how many times have we seen that story in anime versus video games and all that or just goku arriving to fight the genyu squad versus him arriving to fight nappa Right, with the (laughs) exact same pose, one hand over his head, you know, with Nappa versus Bata. So, yep, we've had that. All right, do we have any other good comments there? Ah, Rory says, ugh. Please don't remind me that it's been five years. <laughs> I think we all feel that way in, in a couple of different ways. One where it's you feel the weight of time on you and another where it's it's been five years and there's still no proper home release. I think as Dragon Ball fans, I don't want to say we feel this more than you Bleach fans, but we kind of do in a way. Whereas some of those other shows that got a Jump Super anime tour special, they're you know, active productions. I mean, this was was it the only one that was not a series currently? being published in Jump at the time. I mean, it was so significant for its time. New Dragon Ball animation. and Everyone continues to salivate for home releases of this stuff. I mean, of all the new animation, you either had to know someone in Japan to send a postcard or you... I mean, the easiest in North America was you had to buy a video game to watch some of them. But even episode of Bardock, I mean, yeah, you had to buy a video game. You also had to own a Kinect to even navigate the menu (laughs) to watch this special. It's like, they don't make this shit easy to see. So I think we're all both uh, extremely happy and angry about every step of the way. It's weird being a Dragon Ball fan. It can be at times. Yeah. All right, you know, let's bring this to a close. I had such a wonderful time rewatching it. 2013 has been an absurd 
and fun and hysterical and devastating year to be a Dragon Ball fan. It's been weird, but it's been great, right? Kind of, I've been so busy with personal stuff. I've kind of missed out on a lot of it, but yeah, it's been crazy. It's been fun. It's been crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see what 2014 brings us. So it was good to have you. Um, I don't think you've been necessarily working on anything in particular, but uh, is there no. anything lately that's been out that you've seen and enjoyed and want to point people? over to uh you mean dragon ball related or yeah i don't know i'm pretty behind <laughs> right it's a little pathetic it's okay oh well it's good. but it is the 50th anniversary of doctor who today i have seen that i'm not a fan but are you enjoying where that's heading i guess yeah yeah okay that was fun all right great had to mention it <laughs> well good I'm, I'm glad someone did because i don't think any of the rest of us are fans at all not that we dislike it it's just not a thing that we're into uh the only other thing I want to toss out there, <laughs> I posted up a short little Vine clip of this. I totally forgot I ordered this. It was uh, the Viz Kids chapter book, volume one of Dragon Ball. <laughs> Viz release. I th- it was one of those things where I had an Amazon order and I wasn't quite at $25 for the free shipping. It's like, oh, this is four or five bucks. I'll throw this in the order. I got that in today. That's a thing. Yeah, so that that's the te- all-text version of the story? It, it does have pictures. It's really big text on a page, and it's got a couple pictures from the manga here and there. So uh, maybe I can review that on the site. I have so many reviews I'm behind on. Jake, I mean, we haven't heard your overall thoughts on Jocko, on Battle of Gods, on so many things. So, I mean, maybe we can just do a Jake Gives Us Thoughts episode at some point. Yes have to do that so before we actually bring the show to a close we have been doing a new segment here on the show it just doesn't feel like it lately because we haven't had the show in a few weeks so we need to know who's that character so last time when we did have an episode here is the clip that we played a lot of people got it it was indeed dbz movie 13 i think the fact that it was dragon box audio and crystal clear (laughs) contributed to some people guessing that but also the crackling from the barbecue in the background that was kami senin in dbz movie 13 as played by masaharu sato uh unfortunately replacing for a little bit there the late Kohei Miyauchi. Uh, Sato did indeed go on to play Kamisenin in Dragon Ball Kai. We did have a bunch of other voice actors in the meantime taking up uh, one-off roles, uh, but that was Sato there in DBZ Movie 13. So I think what we'll do now is, uh, you're not going to hear it, but I'm going to ask Jake, what clip should I play next time for Who's That Character? So Jake has chosen what I will do and what you just heard. And then one more time, just so you can hear it again. Here it is. All right, that brings the show to a close. www.kanzensuu.com. That is Kanzen Shu. Check out the news, all the content. We got some new translations that may already be up. Like we were talking about as V-Jump comes out, we'll catch up on last month's V-Jump interviews and stuff. So look forward to that. Uh, November's a big month to wrap up. December's going to be huge. So Jake, thanks for joining me, man. No problem. All right. So that's Jake over there. Thanks to Mary earlier. Of course, Julian and Heath as well. Folks, if you're in uh, the USOA, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. The rest of you, I guess, have a normal work week. (laughs) Enjoy work, school, whatever it is you're doing. And uh, we'll check back with you next week. Jake, wrap it up. Well, see you next week, folks. This is Konzenshu. We've got a website and a forum now, too, I understand. 